It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Exploring Awesome, the show where I explore tips, tricks, and strategies to help you and me to live a more awesome life. Today on the show, I've got Andy Vargo, and he's going to share with us how to live a more awesome life and maybe even embrace our awkwardness. How are you doing, Andy? Great, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks so much for uh, for joining me today on the show. Um, so give us a uh, give us a quick uh, rundown. Who is Andy Vargo and, and, and really why why should people pay attention to you? Well, I tell you, you know, I've gone through a lot of changes in the last couple of years. Um, primarily, I, I've set up my life lately to be a motivational speaker and a life coach. And that actually has roots from when I was when I was early on as a kid, I always knew I was a leader, but I never really understood that to be a coach. And I, I always felt like I had this calling to do something more powerful than what I was doing in my professional career. And it, it never felt like I was doing the right thing, even though I enjoyed my job and I was successful. But a couple of years ago, I came out of the closet as a gay man and, you know, divorced my wife. And we had, you know, reasons that our marriage wasn't working beyond that, but um, have put ourselves into positions to be happier. And for me, that story has kind of become my life. And though, I don't feel like being gay defines me as a person. The fact that I can be my own self and help other people be true to their passion, whether it's, you know, that they always want to pursue some career that they don't have the the guts to do or, or have a hobby, no matter what that is that you're kind of in the closet about. I like to say that everybody's in the closet about something that, uh, <laughs> that I help people, you know, realize what that is and have the courage to, to get through it so they can really live their most, awesome life oh fantastic great way to plug the uh, awesome too <laughs> love that yeah so, um, so so andy so um uh if i'm understanding this now do you do you feel like your awkwardness came from the being in the closet or was there other were there other aspects you know i think that that could be part of it and and maybe not um i remember you know when i was coming out i i didn't want that to define my life or change me but i think that I think that for me, there's definitely has always been a level of awkwardness because I never was comfortable in my own skin. And so, you know, I, I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, the the world was against me and I could never, you know, the world's so anti-gay that I couldn't be myself or anything, but I just wasn't comfortable with it. And so whatever that thing is that, that you're not comfortable with, you know, some people are self-conscious about the way they look. Some people are self-conscious about the way they speak or what their skills or abilities are. And no matter what it is, it makes you second guess yourself in a room full of people. And for me, it was Mm -hmm. the fact that I had this 
identity that I identified with or was attracted to that I didn't know how to act. You know, if I order a glass of wine instead of beer, is that going to make me look really gay? And, you know, it's, so, so when you're, when you're second guessing yourself, people pick up on that. And, and no matter what that is. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so, so how do you, how do you, um, how do you help, help people to get past this, to get over that or to embrace that awkwardness or get past it or how would you call it? Well, um, part of it, at one of the talks that I did, I, I actually called living without shades. And the point of that talk was that if you ever play hide and seek with a toddler, you know, they cover their eyes and they, they hide and then they feel like they're safe, even though everybody in the yeah. room can see them. And so really they're just more vulnerable than they were before because you can see them and they can't see you. And Ooh. if you're, if you're not true to yourself, everybody else around you can still see it. It's, it's, you know, when you've worked with somebody and, and you can see what they're really good at, even though they can't see it. And, and how many times do you have people say, you should just do this. If you would just see that power that you have in this, in this area, you're really good with speaking or you're really good with, with children or whatever it is, but we don't always see it ourselves. And so if you take those shades off and are, and are truly honest with yourself about what it is that you can do and enjoy doing, then that's how you can live your best life. So what I do is I try to objectively ask people questions or really explore what it is that they are passionate about and really enjoy, regardless of if they think that there's a career related to it or regardless if they think it's mm -hmm. going to affect their life. And then we figure out how to make sure that that is what is taking up more of their time so that their life is even more exciting. Oh, I like that. I like that. How do you, how do you, that last part there, how do you, how do you help to make that happen? Well, with, you know, with, it's with making their life more exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's, with, it's, with following, I mean, go ahead. Well, it's part of it is just realizing that sometimes there are things that you already are doing that you're enjoying mm -hmm. more. And so a lot yeah. of it is having a conversation with somebody and talking through the steps of what they, what they did that day and how they felt at the end of the day. If you're, for example, if you spend four hours a day on Facebook, but at the end of the day, you, you just feel like crap, then maybe that's not one of the activities that's making you feel better at the end of the day. But if you mm -hmm. go for a walk or you have coffee with a friend, or you made a point to call two people you hadn't talked to this week that for a while, then then that was that might have been a good encounter and you may feel better at the end of that day. So at the end of the week, we look at those activities and say, okay, the days that you felt better, what activities did you do? And now let's look at how to schedule those activities into next week so that we can plan to have a happier life. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. You know, and I'd like to say too, and, and this is what I find when, when I'm working with hypnotherapy clients, um, and a great example that I, that I, I will use is um, – uh, say, for instance, somebody wants to lose weight. Um, oftentimes, what has happened is it as is that their whole their whole source of entertainment and activity goes around food. And so, when they meet up with a friend, it's it's about food. They have their food buddies, um, or when they go to a new place, um, instead of googling you know fun activities in wherever you know um, Chehalis, Washington, they Google you know things like best buffet in Chehalis, Washington. Right. Um, and I know this. Because I used to do this myself when I was, uh, you know, 270 pounds, and and what I always tell people is like it's going to be a lot easier journey as soon as you start finding more things that you're passionate about that you, and you start doing things that are fun that are outside of that. Well, even exactly so, there's a, there's going to be other, 
So there's going to be more advantages. So if you're, if you are in that kind of a place where you're unhappy in your life, whether it's uh, in a bad marriage or um, in a, just a bad relationship or in a, a, a job that's not working for you, um, there's going to be other benefits to, to looking for things that are, that are, uh, that are better for you um, than even just that, that uh, having a better career or better relationship. It can affect your whole life, drinking, everything. So um, we tend to do those bad things um, when we're unhappy. So, um, so Andy, you, you came out um, rather late in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Two years ago. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, Um, and you know, when I did, or go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's, uh, um, I I think it's, um, I think it's getting better, but it's still, it is still a tough, it's still a tough thing for, uh, for people um, feeling, being able to feel accepted and everything. And I think it's a great trend that we see that, 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 um, that it's becoming more, I guess you'd say normalized. um, So people can, can come out and start living their best life right from the beginning than, than waiting until they're in their forties or fifties or even, you know, seventies or eighties before they finally admit who they really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting um, because when I first came out, I would stammer my sentences and I would be really unconfident in lack of that confidence. When I would tell people the story, I'm like, Oh, I, 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 you'd hear the hesitancy and I would say, Oh, I need to tell you this. It'd be a big conversation to have. And yeah, a few months into it, I'd have a couple of friends that would react with, you know, trying to be really supportive with this message of, oh, I can help you. You know, what do you need? And it's okay. And I'm, and, and I got frustrated because I didn't want a pity party and I didn't need, you know, uh, to sign up for a support group necessarily or another one. I've, I've had help with things, but, but, um, mm-hmm. but I started to realize that the reason they were reacting that way was because the way I was setting up the conversation, I was making it a heavy conversation. And, that's yeah, when I realized that things in life have as much, yeah, so things in life have as much weight as you give them. And as soon as I'm, I change the conversation to, oh, I'm gay, but I came out late in life. I didn't realize you didn't know that. No big deal. Then it was a two-minute conversation. We moved on or, you know, it might have kind of been surprised or laughed or whatever, but it really changed. If, if, if we don't believe it's not a big deal, we can't expect other people to not believe it's a big deal. Yeah, good point, good point. And I think even if we're, you know, even if we're, when we're projecting, we're, we're, we're always projecting um, our beliefs on other people. And so if we, if we're kind of projecting that, they're going to pick up on that. And, you know, we're kind of stuck in that, that kind of a same space. So Andy, you actually, um, we were talking earlier, you talked about doing sales. Um, are you still doing that? Or are you, have you moved past that now? Um, well, right now I've moved past that other than selling my story. Uh, you know, right. I, I feel like we're all selling something in this world, even if it's just getting someone to believe that what we have is the best idea or, you know, it's, so but, uh, but yeah, yeah I've, I've moved out of sales in the last year and have moved on to focusing strictly on motivational speaking, coaching, and, you know, for fun, I do some comedy at night and, uh, it's, I, I consider it group therapy, but, uh, mm-hmm. it's a good time. Awesome. Awesome. Now, um, doing doing comedy that must have been a, a kind of a scary step. What was that like? Uh, you know, it was interesting. The first couple of times I did comedy, I I told kind of middle of the road jokes about uh, about being a divorced guy. I didn't say anything about being gay, and it just felt kind of canned. It it and my third time on stage, I I got up on stage and I said, "Oh, just recently found out my wife's husband was gay." It was me, and uh, and then 
And then I started just telling jokes about what was going on in my life. And as soon as I did that, the shift in the genuineness of what I was sharing on stage, my comedy instantly got better. And I remember sitting back down next to whoever was at the next table over thinking, this is weird. They know that about me now because I was still had only been out for six months or so. Um, Mm -hmm. Now it doesn't bother me. But at the time it was like, oh, they didn't know this about me. And um, but it really has with comedy. It's great because it forces you to take the things that you struggle with in your life make fun of them and work through them and help everybody else realize that we've all got issues we're working on. You know, that is amazing that it came to you within your, on your third time. I, it, t- it took me years to figure that out. And I tell you, the other thing too is, you know, when I was just doing sort of uh, those middle of the road jokes that were uh, pretty much, you know, this is one of the funny things too, when people talk about, you know, joke stealing and stuff. And I remember hearing a long time ago that if the more personal the story is, or the joke is, the, the more difficult it is for somebody to steal your joke. And, uh, um, and as I got away from those kind of just generic jokes that were just sort of things that popped into my head, hey, this would be funny, um, and really start diving into actual true stories and, and the way I really believed about things, um, they got funnier. And also, now this, and, this is, and I don't know if anybody else, this happens for anybody else, but I noticed for me, when that joke fails, um, if it doesn't get a laugh, it's, it's sort of like that's okay because it's still, it's still my truth. And so I don't, I don't care as much as um, i don't know why uh, i don't i don't know i don't get that yeah but anyway, no, that's, that's that's a good observation because I, I hadn't picked up on that but you're right it's you're just telling your story and maybe it's not always as funny to everybody but you're out there sharing so it, it you don't take it the same way because I, w- I would do these uh i would i would almost feel embarrassed like if a if a one of the kind of um just kind of general jokes d- kind of failed because I was like, I was a stupid joke anyway, you know, but, uh, but you can't really say, well, it's, you know, it's my stupid life experience, whatever, you know? <laughs> right. Well, and, and for me, cause I never, I never do anything small. So um, when I first I, you know, originally came out to, you know, my close family and, you know, wife and kids and brothers and sisters and stuff. And, and then really it took another year before I came out to extended friends. I, it was a little bit at a time that I shared with more people and um, hadn't come out at work and, uh, when I did, I actually just posted one of my stand-up routines on Facebook, mm-hmm. and I just said, okay, I'll come mm-hmm. out. People have been asking to see my video. I'll come out with it, and I posted one of my stand-up routines. And so, and in the stand-up routine, I'm saying that I'm gay, and that's people are thinking that they're <laughs> logging on to see my routine. <laughs> and, and I had had several people from work who had seen me in live so the few that had seen me live knew the story but i had sworn them to secrecy of if you come see my comedy only people who see it get to know the story so that was kind of fun because that was uh that got a lot of attention right away because people are like oh there's more to the story than just your stand-up yeah that was fun nice and so you started uh, now the speaking part now that came later in life too right yeah i uh, i always wanted to do that but and this is this is ironic. I, I always wanted to be a writer and a speaker and, and have something really passionate to move people. I, I always like inspiring people. Um, from early on, I've always wanted to be a leader that way. But I never felt like I had a story worth sharing. And I, I didn't realize until the last couple of years that, that my life is the story that people want to hear. And not that I'm so great. It's just that it's a different perspective that different people connect with. And yeah, so... Uh, you know, about a year ago, I started getting into speaking and basically sharing, sharing my story, sharing the changes that I've made in my life and helping people understand that 
they can do these same things. And, and it, it's really great because people ask, well, how does coming out relate to different parts of life? If I'm working with a group of kids, it's about starting their life as genuine as possible and having that courage early on and, and not listening to the bullies about putting them down. Well, or if it's totally, yeah. I mean, yeah. Or if it's a sales group, it's about if you're genuine with yourself, everybody else picks up on that. And people like to work with genuine, authentic people, and that's what they want. And once you're authentic and genuine, everything else in life comes easy. Yeah. So your sales are better, your connection with employees, leaders have people follow them easier because it's a genuine connection and their, their employees or their team sees that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I, I think it is, is too bad because, you know, I, uh, I, let the, I let the fear and fear of bullies and all this stuff keep, keep me held back for years and years and years. And, uh, and, and the reason I wanted to focus on that more because I was just, as I was scrolling through my feed this morning on LinkedIn, I was reminded there's a, there's a, a workshop coming up and it's called Just Do Your Dream. And, and um, I was actually interviewed for this book and I'm in, I'm in the book uh, along with a bunch of other people. And I, I, it's something I think, Andy, you might want to look at. Um, just do your dream.com. And for everybody else out there, um, if you're over 40 and you started doing like a new career, something you always wanted to do, that's kind of the whole theme of this woman's book and her, and her website. And you can read stories of people that, um, that well past 40 that finally started living their dream. And I think it's important to, to recognize that just because uh, we let fear hold us back for all those years, doesn't mean that we can't make a new start. Um, and even, even though that's scary, and I'm sure, you know, as, as I started doing this, I'm sure, uh, I don't know if you ran into this, Andy, but I, I, was, I was a little bit afraid my friends would see me like, like as a fraud or something. Oh, now you're doing this and you, you think that you can do this and all this. Um, did you run into any of that at all? Well, I, I know I ran into that on, on my own personal exploration mm -hmm. where I thought, oh, I wonder what people yeah. think. And I'm sure that people, I'm sure there are those thoughts out there where people are like, oh, what's Andy doing now? You know, it's, you know, oh, the, sure. the, the yeah. next career change of the, of the year. But, um, yeah. but I've had so many friends tell me that they can see a different passion in my voice or a spark in my eyes just over the last couple of years because they've seen the changes that I've made in my life. And, and, you know, and I really am careful because I'm so happy about the kids and the time that I have with my wife. And I don't want to sound like that was such a dark place in my life. And I don't have regrets for that time. I have regrets that I wasn't genuine in those times that I wasn't, that they couldn't experience fully how, you know, how passionate I was about life. And, yeah, but I'm absolutely. able to enjoy a better relationship with the people in my life because of that. And I can be more authentic with my kids because I'm true to myself. Yeah, absolutely. And it's sort of, and you know what, it's, I think now that I just thought about it, there's a great metaphor. I mean, have you, um, just go, like going back to the joke thing, it's much better to be rejected for you who you really are than to be, you know, accepted for. Oh, exactly. Yes, you know. So yeah, um, yeah. I think that's uh, that's uh, that's an important thing for people to remember. What would you tell? What would you tell people? Let's let's look at two different. Let's look at two different. So you had. So you're you're a you're a you know you're a motivational speaker. You're a coach. So you have someone, and let's do it from two different angles. So. Someone who's young, say they're 16, they tell you that they want to be a, oh, whatever it is. They want to be a poet or an astronaut. What would you tell them when they tell you that they're, you know, they're afraid to do it that, and they've got all these obstacles or, or, or whatever? And would that be different advice for somebody who's, say, 40? Um, you know, I, surprisingly, a lot of times it's, it is the same advice. 
And that's one thing that I want to mention that with coaching, it's different than being a teacher or a counselor because you go to a mental health counselor to find answers on, on what it is that's holding your cognitive abilities back or your, your ability to, to really to process life in general. Um, you go to a teacher because you want to learn the skills that they've been successful at. And with a coach, mm-hmm. the answer sometimes can be different with everybody because it's really a question and more of a conversation. And so when that, when that youngster comes to me and says, this is what I want to do with my life, you know, we start diving into questions like, well, why do you want to do that? Are you really sure that's what you want to do? Is it, is it, is it for the right reason that that's what you want to do? Or is there something about that role or that job that you're in love with that maybe could be realized in a different way? And, and maybe that is the right thing for them. And then we find out, well, the fear of holding you back what's the worst thing that could happen if that fear comes true? Mm-hmm. And sometimes all of a sudden the fear is not as scary or is there a bigger fear? Cause you know, I don't, I, I hate going to the doctor and you know, I don't want to get needles pricked in me and all that kind of stuff. But if I have a, a bigger fear of dying, then I'm all of a sudden less afraid of the needle. And so I, <laughs> you know, I believe that you're only afraid of something until there's something scarier to be afraid of. So you know, helping somebody realize, well, what if you lived your whole life never realizing that dream? Is that scarier to you than the fears related to pursuing that dream? Oh, yeah. That's a great, that's a great question. Yeah. And, really and I think that question. for a youngster versus, I think someone young versus further along in life is um, maybe there's a different set of risks involved, but really a lot of the base fears tend to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, uh, it's interesting, you know, I've been, I mean, I've been uh, into, you know, personal development since, uh, since I can remember 14, 15 years old or something. Um, but I, I started you know, doing the work myself uh, eight, 10 years ago. And, and I still, you know, those people out there that, that, uh, that say, well, I'm afraid. I'll tell you, I'm still afraid. There's a lot of times when I'm afraid when I, you know, I just, um, I'm speaking at a, a hypnotist uh, conference in August and, um, and so I just made a post in that conference about a t- class that I'm teaching, and it's taken me a week to work up the courage to do it because I, I wasn't sure exactly how I want to do it because I'm going to be judged by my, by my peers. So this isn't just lay people who I can sort of say, well, I coach these people. And I, <laughs> you and can I work take with it with. <laughs> but, yeah, right. These are, you know, so, and so, so people out there, you know, and this, and this is one of the funny things that I always hear too from like uh, people who want to, and, this, and for some reason it's the people who want to be public speakers, they'll tell me, um, I want to be a public speaker, but I'm afraid. I'm like, yeah, me too. You know, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. nearly, I mean, for at least, uh, I mean, the first, I mean, I've been doing acting now for 20 years and, and, uh, and comedy and, and hypnosis for uh, last, you know, six or seven, but, but still there's a lot of times when I'm afraid, you know, and, and other people that speak, they're afraid, but they just do it anyway. And I think that's what, what people have to understand is it's okay to be afraid. You just got to move past it. That's all. Yeah. And, you know, one of the best, uh, one of my favorite, and I watch it over and over again, um, one of the motivational speakers that I listen to sometimes is Mel Robbins. And she has a video where she's posting a picture of herself or doing a selfie on her phone. And it's a quick video from behind the stage when she's about to go talk to thousands of people. And she's talking about Mm -hmm. the nerves in her body and how how scared she's feeling, how nervous she is. And then she's talking about how our brain actually, our body physically feels the same way, whether we're scared or excited. And yes, so exactly. 
her trick is, yeah, her trick is to tell herself I'm excited. And she says the, the only difference is the way the brain is processing the feeling. And so she does that where anytime she starts feeling nervous, she tells herself I'm excited, I'm excited. So that when she goes out there, she's harnessing a positive energy instead of a less confident, oh, I don't know if I can do this energy. And I've used that several yeah, times and I rewatch it every once in a while just to have it fresh <laughs> in my head. You know, and this is a, this is a great one for people with anxiety too. You know, if you're if you're uh, feeling anxious um, about you know going into a party or getting on an airplane or something, if you switch that, you reframe that and start thinking, no, I'm actually excited. Um, it can make a big difference in your mm-hmm. life because it, it really is the physiological feelings are exactly the same. It's just how you how you think about it. Yeah, and and to think about you might not be able to say I'm excited to talk to 500 people or I'm excited to be in this room full of people. But if you can move past that to I'm excited to connect with three or four people, or I'm excited to have the chance to get to know a few different people and and don't, you know, don't try to, you know, you have to be genuine with yourself about, yeah, that is a fear, but there's something that I'm more excited about that's going to come out of, of getting past that fear. Absolutely. And folks out there, if you're listening right now, I, I forgot to give you the number. I mean, if you're, uh, if you are listening and you want to talk to talk to us uh, live, the number is uh, 347-855-8711. That's if you're listening on uh, April 18th, 2018 at about 1225. Um, if you want to get a hold of Andy, you can find him at awkwardcareer.com, awkwardcareer.com. You can also find his information in the show notes. Also, I want to let you all know, if you want to try hypnosis for free, head over to my website, jimkellnerhypnotist.com. Andy, I want to ask you, as I try to, as I try to remember to ask everyone, all of my guests, um, I'd like to find out, do you have three things that you could tell us that would help me and my audience to live a more awesome life? Three tips, tricks, or strategies that would help us. Well, you know, Jim, I, one thing that I've done that is it's kind of three-in-one is um and it's there's a little story with it but when i was basically at rock bottom i had a day where i thought is this is this the worst it's going to get and i'd ask myself that every single day and i just kept waiting for like rock bottom to finally hit and one day i realized I, rock bottom could be whenever i chose it to be and i i remember mm-hmm. I, I i wrote in my journal if you're not happy with your life what are you going to do about it and it was kind of this taunt for myself. It's like, well, what did you do yesterday to make today better? You didn't do anything different. So how did you expect today to wake up better than yesterday? It's like, I call it my mm-hmm. hey, idiot moment. Like, hey, idiot, you didn't change anything. <laughs> so how did you expect anything else to change? And what I started doing from that day forward is I would write down three things that I was going to do that day to make my life better. And some days it was like brush your teeth, take a shower, and step outside some days it was call an old friend or have, you know, coffee or lunch with he was a sibling or, or whatever it was, or visit my parents. And then at the end of the day, I would write down, what did you do? And so every day I would write, and then I would write down, I moved it to starting to write it down the night before. So at the end of the night, I would say, what did I do today to make life better? And I'd write down three things. And what am I going to do tomorrow to make life better? And that does two things. One is you're waking up in the morning with a plan. So you already know what you need to do. So you're already starting with a plan to have a, a good, successful day. And at the end of the day, you're holding yourself accountable. And, and what happened was pretty quickly, my life was changing, and I was staying really busy with all this stuff, and, and it was better and better. And even though some things weren't quite improving yet, I was better health, I was mentally healthy and enjoying life so much more. And it's just by writing down, what did I do today to make life better, and what am I going to do tomorrow? And I, I aimed for three things because – 
Um, three is kind of an important number from some childhood stories that I've, you know, watched my grandpa learn to rewalk, taking three steps at a time and um, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. powerful stuff. So and I got to tell you, man, thing, that is, that's what I do. Yeah, you know, and I, I tell you that that people. People think that lives are changed in an instant, you know, that, that, um, that somebody just wakes up and changes their whole life. And, uh, and sometimes with hypnosis, that'll happen. You know, um, I've seen that happen, but it's only about maybe 10% of the people that it's a, like a lightning bolt. Uh, most of us, it just takes time. But, but, but truly, change happens over time. And I got to tell you, those little small steps you take people, that's what's going to change your life. It's not that, that great big thing. Or, I mean, that'll do it too, but usually it's those little things. And here's the thing. It's not as glamorous. You know, that's why, we, that's why we always hear about those people that, you know, they did these fantastical changes in an instant and that kind of a thing because it's, it's so rare. But when really people, when you make change, really happens in those little steps. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. I got to say, too, something that I love, this was one of my favorite things I've ever heard, is, every, is basically what you said is everyone's rock bottom is different. Wow. That's so true. I love oh, that. Oh, for sure. It? And... And and the thing is, no matter what, you know, and working with adults or kids, I realize, you know, some people, it's their hard part is that they're trying to get through today. And some people, they just lost a limb that they're trying to recover from. But no matter what it is, if it's that teenage person who just broke up with their boyfriend or girlfriend, that still might be the hardest thing they've gone through in their life. So that yeah. right now, that might be their rock bottom. You know, and that's so great because you know what, if you think about it, some people rock bottom is is being homeless. And for other people, their, their rock bottom is going to come way before that. So you can set your oh, rock bottom sure. wherever you're at. If you're living an awesome life right now, that could still be your rock bottom. Hey, I got to tell you, thanks a lot for being on the show today, Andy. I learned a lot from you today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jim. I really, uh, it's been a great conversation. I really enjoy watching your videos and enjoy the time talking with you. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. So um, this is what I'd like to invite my, uh, my audience to do. Pick one of the things that you heard Andy talk about today. Choose a new rock bottom um, or, to, or uh, come up with uh, three things a day that's going to help to uh, propel you to uh, future success. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Take care. Be well. Be awesome. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.